0: championship team
1: 3-1 pitch swing and a drive
0: deep to right field way up there way out of here goodbye baseball
2: eight strikeouts the- for the king tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for and a strike three called on the outside corner and there it is it's time for the seattle mariners baseball podcast
0: Kyle seager
3: Now here's your host Gary Hill. And thanks for coming back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast, Gary Hill. Uh, <coughs> Gary Hill here. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a good start. <laughs> I couldn't get the first two words out. <laughs> that's a good sign. That's a good sign. This is going to be a fantastic podcast. I think <laughs> I should probably limit the words. I actually speak in this edition of the podcast. That's going to be the goal. I'm not going to talk much. The good thing is, <laughs> there's some good stuff coming up from people that have a better mastery of the English language than I do. So you can look forward to that. Coming up, Aaron Goldsmith sat down with Andy McKay. I mean, we've talked about how good the minor league system has been, and that's a conversation that comes up, which is excellent. Rick Riz is going to be by, he's going to talk to Edwin Diaz, which is sensational. I love watching Edwin Diaz pitch, and it's fun to hear him talk about his pitching as well. So that comes up in a few minutes. Right now, we'll dive into the game last night. We've talked about how difficult the stretch has been. I've been piecing together numbers, too, about truly how difficult it's been. I'll bring to you, not on the podcast tomorrow. There won't be a podcast tomorrow, day baseball, an early game with a 11 o'clock starts, so no podcast tomorrow. We'll come back the following day and have some numbers to throw at you about how difficult this stretch has been in terms of starting pitchers they have faced. And the Mariners faced another good one yesterday, Hugh Darvish, who has really pitched well as of late. And it was a game where, really, you want your starter to go toe-to-toe when you're facing the the caliber of Darvish. We saw it with Felix against Sale. Really outpitched Sale in that ball game, despite Sale having a, a ridiculous game in terms of strikeouts. But Asashi uh, Wakuma on the mound for the Mariners. The Rangers get to him early as they put runs on the board in the very first inning, then four more in the third, and the blink of an eye up five nothing on the Mariners. That is tough to crawl back from against Darvish and the way he is pitching. Mariners did try and make a run at things. The
2: 3-2 swing and a quickly hit ground ball just fair Pass Beltre at third base O'Malley scores Martin hits the bag at third he's waved in Gutierrez tiptoes with a two-run two-out double he stands up at second base and the Mariners started to chip away at this Rangers lead a little bit here in the seventh it's
3: 6-3 Texas they didn't have many opportunities though although they did have a defensive gem in the game
2: the 1-2 Swinging a shot high out towards right center. Martine full steam ahead, approaching the track. He's at the wall. Martin climbs the wall and he makes the catch. He takes it back. Robbery here in Arlington. Martine, the former Ranger, getting an applause from his former home crowd. A remarkable
3: catch. He takes number 22 back from Ian Desmond. Stealing the home run, he takes one back. That was a very impressive play. So he keeps uh, the Rangers off the board at that point. The Rangers a commanding lead, though, in this one. Pat Vendetti came on, made his Mariners debut, and he was very impressive.
1: 3-2. It is strike three called on the outside corner. That hard slider. He gets Mazzaro looking. So back-to-back strikeouts for Pat Vendetti. It is Mariners debut, he strikes out Elvis yeah. Andrews. Swinging, he strikes out, Mazzara looking.
2: Two up and two down for the Rangers. He was outstanding. The one-two. Swing and a miss as he pulled the string on a slider. And Mazzara wasn't even close. Chasing a pitch in the other batter's box. Pat Vendetti and his Mariners debut. A career-best five
3: strikeouts over three innings. And I just love watching him pitch. I am... Totally fascinated just watching him go about it. I mean, I think the whole thing is incredible. The fact that – I mean, it's hard enough when you, you crunch the numbers and look at the percentage of actual players that make it to Major League Baseball. It is such a thimble full of percentage. It's just the chances are so long. And the fact that he has gotten to the big leagues and can get outs with both arms, I find just remarkable amazing and he really pitched well. He brought in essentially to pitch against lefties, uh, but he was he was really good in his Mariners debut. It was it was really fun to watch and uh, yeah, he was impressive. Mariners though fall in game one of this series two, the Texas Rangers. he ended up going three innings in this one, one hit, one run unearned, one walk and five strikeouts. Iwakuma just last three. Gives up six hits and five runs, and the Mariners fall six to three to the Rangers. M's fall to 68 and 63. Rangers add to their lead in the division, 78 and 54. Here's what the skipper said after the game.
4: No, no, certainly not. Um, you need to locate and, and get you know the ball down, the strikes, and left a lot of pitches up tonight. And you know, they got a good lineup, and we talked about it before the game, and thought we had a pretty good plan going in. But, uh, you know, it was more execution uh, as much as anything. I thought coming out in the first inning, I thought his stuff was crisper than it was last time out, but, you know, really didn't didn't execute. And then, uh, unfortunately, it happens some nights, and then when you do it against a really good team, you know, it, it'll get you. So the third inning just got crazy, you know, ended up throwing about 40 pitches and thought at that point, just, just get them out of there and. You know, uh, I thought our bullpen did a nice job. Vendetti did a great job coming in behind him, mixing, matching, doing what he does. Pretty remarkable when you sit there and watch, you know, how he does it. And then, uh, you know, we'll come back a little pressure on him late. But, you know, Darvish was very good tonight.
0: With Kuma, how did that third inning kind of escalate? Just with the hitters that they have, where he didn't seem like he could catch his
5: breath.
4: No, he did. He he couldn't. He couldn't catch his breath. Uh, The ball was up for the most part. And, uh, you know, did not... If you don't get the ball in on these guys, they get extended. They're, they're strong, and then this ballpark, the ball goes pretty good when it's as hot. So, um, you know, just just not a good night. Uh, again, couldn't get the ball at the bottom of the strike zone at all.
0: Darvish was pretty good too. It looked
4: like very good. Yeah, I, had, uh, you know, I thought early in the game he probably the liveliest fastball uh, that we've seen out of him. You know, this year much better than it was earlier early when we saw him. But uh, uh, obviously, you know, he's got a new catcher, and, and I think uh, you know Lacroix did a nice job with him as well.
0: Vendetti, were you hoping for three did he give you more than you thought or was that right about on pace Well
4: uh, that's what we were hoping for um, you know we could save our bullpen a little bit um, so you know he did a great job you know I was very impressed um, like how he goes about it really good competitor and you know it's enough funkiness to both right-handed and left-handed to keep him off balance so um, you know we needed him to, to, to carry three innings tonight and he, he certainly did
0: hey, you've run into some good pitching here over the last week or so I mean but at some point
4: it's very good pitching. What are you going to say? The American League's a really good league. And, and you know, when you catch the guys, that they're kind of the, how we're, we're catching uh, the rotations right now, it's just, just where we're at. We just got to c- continue to grind and hang in there and, you know, get a big hit late, you know, tie a game up and come from behind sometimes if you are down. Um, I thought our guys fought all night. You know, I didn't think we, we mailed it in at all. And, uh, you know, hoping to get Darvish out of there a little bit earlier than we did. But, you know, we still had guys on. We had some chances. Uh, you know, they, they made the big pitches.
3: It's gotta look like... Nelson was grimacing
4: pretty good on a
3: couple of those ones. Is he? Is he pretty
4: dinged up right now? Yeah. yeah Leon was giving a pretty good lift there, like, that catch. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it's about as athletic a play as you can you can make, and and timed it just right. And thank God, because I would have been out. Uh, you know, Cammy didn't miss many barrels tonight, so uh, I was three loud out uh, loud outs, but uh, you know, we made made plays behind him. But great, great play by Leon.
3: And you heard. The skipper alluded to Nelson Cruz playing banged up. Wouldn't go into it. Here's what Nelson Cruz said after the game.
6: Everybody's battle. So, you know, we, they beat us today. You know, we played a good game. Uh, Kuma was in his day, you know. Um, we had the chance to, to turn around, you know. I wasn't able to deliver. Um, but um, we have another two more games, you know, so we should step up tomorrow.
0: You're running some pretty good pitching lately over the last week and a half. The two guys you yeah, yeah. saw in the Yankees.
6: Yeah, saw yeah. Sam we saw um,
0: Garbage tonight.
6: Yeah, we saw all that, you know. Um, I think we haven't get it, you know, where we want it as an offensive team, you know. Um, like giving the lead to the, to the bullpen and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like I say, you know, should, should be able to turn around tomorrow. You've
3: seen Darvish before. Was that his tip, you know, he's coming back off of injury? Stuff. Was that his typical self? I me mean, he threw 70-mile-per-hour curveball and then came back with a
6: 90-mile-per-hour fastball. Yeah, I think uh, he was throwing more fastball than normal today, you know. Um, uh, I mean, he just, he's dominant, you know. He's got a lot of pitches they can throw for strike. Right?
1: How do you adjust for that? Because not only do you have to figure out what kind of pitch he's
0: throwing, but how fast he's throwing it.
6: You have to see it, you know. Um, see and wait and react, you know. That's the way for any other pitchers too, you know. But um, for him, you know, he dominated all the pitches.
7: Now, so that's baseball and it happens. You go through streaks where you see a lot of kind of base type and number one guys. So mm-hmm. what do you have to do to battle through that when it's night after night that you're seeing really tough stuff without um, a break?
6: I mean, it doesn't. it doesn't come easy, you know. Any pitcher that we face is tough here. It's, it's a big league, but, um, um, like I say, you know, tomorrow's a day. You know, another day, so we can blame what happened today. You know, just focusing tomorrow.
3: Yeah, and today's not going to be much easier. Cole Hammels will go for the Rangers. He's been great, fourteen and four, two six seven ERA. James Paxton for the M's, four and five, three six three ERA, 5-0-5 first pitch from Texas, and then Wednesday the King back on the hill, eleven oh five against Martin Perez, another lefty. So back to back lefties. Mariners still a chance to get the series, but they have to find a way to go through Cole Hamels in the game tonight. So right now we're going to give it off to Aaron Goldsmith. Great conversation with Andy McKay and what the Mariners are doing system-wide right now.
2: Andy, some phenomenal success for the Mariners minor league system so far this season. The guys in Everett, the Aqua Sox becoming the fifth minor league affiliate to qualify for the playoffs. How much does that mean to you?
8: It means a great deal because we put so much emphasis on it you know at the beginning of the year and uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted this necessarily but you know I I, from the very beginning we talked a lot about it to me I think the most important thing you can develop is a competitive fire a, a drive to win every night and a drive to you know to play selfless baseball along with your teammates to try to win a game together I think that's the most important tool that you can equip a player with and the only way to do that is to do it and to put people into that and let them experience how much fun it is to win. And uh, so it means a lot, and I'm, I'm proud of the guys we've done. It's been a huge team effort from our managers, our coordinators, to all the coaches, but most importantly the players who've bought into it.
2: Last year, the Mariners minor league system among the leaders, just in overall losses, if you look at all the 30 parent clubs in Major League Baseball, is there anything from a tangible, nuts and bolts, fundamental standpoint that you can contribute to this turnaround, too? Or is it mostly the mindset that you're talking about?
8: Well, the mindset is kind of what starts everything. But I think we've done a we've done a good job of, of creating a message and sticking to it. And what we left with in spring training, we're still delivering today. And that's hard to do. I mean, the events of the day, the events of the game tend to make you go left or right very quickly. And, uh, you know, we, we've whittled our, our focus down to You know, five or six things controlling the zone, you know, our first pitch strikes, our 1 1 strikes, creating team plate appearances, eliminating free bases. And, you know, those are things that we track every day. Those are things we post every day. And our players walk into clubhouses and they see where they stand, not only against their teammates, but also against every other player in the organization and against every other organization in, in professional baseball. And it's a very powerful concept. I mean, no one likes to be at the bottom of a list.
6: <laughs> and there's no
8: rocket science involved. I mean, if so, if someone says that, yeah, hey, you're number seven out of 10, you're going to try to get become number six. Right. And uh, so the things that we've measured, we've gotten really good at. And uh, I, I don't think it's a secret, but I do think that's probably the, the leading cause of, of what's doing this right now.
2: Andy, when you were introduced as the Mariners' new farm director during the off-season, one of the concepts that you had was this idea of for the Mariners, it's more than just twenty five men on a big league roster. It's the whole system, all the way from the Dominican Summer League up to the major leagues. Based on the number of players who have come up from A AA and Triple A and have contributed to the Mariners this season, it seems like that philosophy has already given some fruit to this ball club. How have you seen this organization work with that philosophy and deliver on it?
8: Well it's it's a it's kind of a cyclical thing. It's a it's a synergistic concept, but I mean literally the first person I walked into here today was Felix Hernandez, who walked up and said, man, we are killing it in the minor leagues. It, it You feel good, but it works on the other end where our minor league people feel like, man, we're right in the hunt in the big leagues. And it be, just becomes an expectation. And obviously, it doesn't mean you're going to win a championship. doesn't mean that everyone's going to dogpile, but it <laughs> means that, you know, the expectation is that we're real, and this isn't who we are trying to be. It's who we are. And... Um, so it goes back and forth, but to have these big league guys today, I mean this is like this is the third day I've been here this year and I'm just I'm on my way to Clinton. But they all know it. They all know how many teams that we've gotten five of the seven in, they know that Tacoma's in first place and Bakersfield's in first place and it's just a good feeling. It helps everybody, you know, stay positive and know this is what we're all about and this is what we're trying to accomplish.
2: Andy Baseball America wrote an interesting piece about how the Instructional leagues this fall will be a little bit different for the Mariners in, in years past, and different from basically every other organization. Can you give us some more details?
8: Well, there's a, yeah, there's a couple of things that are going into it. But number one, that kind of the traditional instructional league program is somewhere between three and four weeks, pretty much right at the end of the minor league season, where everyone goes to Arizona, and um, you know we had some different ideas and. I think people that were involved in it feel like our hitting summit that we had last year in January, we had Scott Service led it, but Edgar was involved in it. All of our hitting coaches and and a lot of our hitters where we really came together for 5 or 6 days and we we did a lot of talking in the classroom, but we also did a lot of doing on the field and it was who are we as an organization? What do we value? What are we going to reward? How are we going to teach it? How are we going to measure it? And I think from my perspective it was can we recreate that concept three or four times uh, we will definitely be having a pitching summit this off season so instead of having everybody down there for a month we're going to bring guys in for five six seven days three or four times uh, it gives us more hands-on work with our players in the off season you know our players will know that we're going to see them once a month uh, in some cases and uh, and i also think when you have this many teams in the playoffs You know, how much return on your investment are you going to get when you tack on three more weeks after kind of an emotional run? Um, So a lot of a lot of things went into it. But, um, you know, it's it's a one year snapshot in time. I think it's the best thing for the Mariners right now. It may not be the best thing for the Mariners next year. Um, We'll evaluate it and we'll either continue with it or we'll uh, make adjustments to it. Or maybe we go back to a very traditional model next year.
2: We'll see. So it sounds like one of the real driving forces, the success of the hitter summit a season ago. Correct. I think
8: that was for me. That's the number one concept that I'm trying to replicate.
2: Andy, when you look at the success of the minor leagues impacting the major leagues, the poster child right now is the Mariners new closer Edwin Diaz. Can you tell us Edwin Diaz on opening day with Jackson compared to Edwin Diaz now? Did you ever see this coming?
8: Uh, No, and anybody who said they did is is (laughs) is lying. You know, I saw Edwin twice. I never saw him pitch out of the bullpen before he came up. I saw him start twice, and they were very good appearances. And, I mean, there's no question Edwin could uh, be a starting pitcher in the major leagues as well. But, you know, when he made that transition, something changed, obviously, and what he was doing in the minor leagues. Uh, But then it changed again when he got here. And so um, I think it's just one of those stories that uh, it happened. You're grateful for it. Don't overthink it and just ride it and uh, be glad he's on your team. And here's Rick Riz with Edwin Diaz.
1: Chance to sit down and talk pitching with a young man who's made quite an impact since coming up from AA Jackson, working out of the bullpen as the closer of the ball club, Fast Eddie, Edwin Diaz. Edwin, tell us a little bit about how did you make that transition from a starter to a reliever? I think you started relieving at AA Jackson back on May the 10th, and here you are, the closer
7: of the ball club. They made me a reliever on May 10th, you know, then I started working as a reliever. My first couple of times, they told me, "Hey, you will pitch tonight." To me, get comfortable in that, in that spot. And then when they they see me like doing good, doing good, they told me, hey, "I will not tell you more. You just go to the bullpen and be ready for pitch." And I say, "Okay, that's not any problem for me." When they call me, I get ready and come to the game and get my outs. And what, what's fun when they made me a reliever.
1: For young pitchers who want to. Become a, a pitcher and they're a starter. Then now they want to become a reliever. What is the mindset? What What would you tell them to make that transition that you made?
7: Get confident on, on your person. I like work hard. You know, try to do the best every time, any spot. If you are a starter or reliever, you know, that do your best and try to win every game. That's
1: great advice for a kid, Edwin. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, you know your your fastball was probably about what ninety three ninety four as a starter. How did it? go way up to 97, 98, 99 and even 100 when you made that transition to become a reliever?
7: You know, as a starter, you need to stay back a little bit with your below and, you know, you you, you just think in my pitch, spot the my, my pitch in the, in the low spot, you know, as a, as a reliever I just come to throw my, my, my best fastball, my best slider. I don't think too much, like, I need to throw it in, I can miss a spot, you know as a reliever I just throw come to throw my best fastball, you know I know I can, I can throw that hard as a starter, but I don't want thinking too of throwing hard I was thinking be more of a pitcher.
1: Here's, here's the question. how does any human being throw a bas- baseball 100 miles an hour? Is it just happened for you somewhere in that windup?
7: So when I started throwing a 100 I was in the WA LA, my last start before they called me up. I was surprised because you know I, I didn't know if I can throw a 100. And now I throw it every time. When I, when, I, when I want, I can throw 100, 101. Now, you know, I, I just try, try to get my lower body strong to get to that billow and throw it whatever I want.
1: A reliever has to come in, game on the line like the other night here against the Chicago White Sox, bases loaded, one out. and You have to really clear your mind and just focus on the catcher. What are
7: you thinking from the
1: bullpen to the mound?
7: No, I just was thinking. No, I don't want thinking anything. I was running, and well, I just want to get the ball and pitch. I don't want thinking. I I just was thinking. I, I don't got any any man on base. Yeah. I just, I just was focusing the hitter, tried to make, to to get it out, and you know, league gave me a good play, and was 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 amazing that night.
1: Besides that great fastball that you throw, 98 to 100 miles an hour, you have an incredible slider. When did you come up with that slider? How did that come about?
7: Uh, I was, tra- was throwing one slider, double A, and when I get here, and then the pitching call, and Benoit told me, "Hey, you may- maybe try this this grip." And I started throwing it. I didn't like it. They told me I hey, keep throwing it. And then when I when I find my-, my grip and my release point, you know, start get better, get better. Now I, I got one of the best slides, I, I think, and I I just can throw it whatever when when I when I want and throw it any count.
1: It's outstanding, Edwin. You're only 22 years of age, and I ask this of all the guys here in Rick's tips. When did you start throwing a curveball?
7: Maybe when I got 14, 15 years old. I don't was, I don't want to a pitcher as, as a young kid. I just, uh, I just play outfield. I just pitch a couple of times, you know. When they made me a pitcher, I started uh, learning how to throw curveball, change up. I just was thinking throwing fastball every time. <laughs> when did you become a pitcher? What age? Uh, 15, 15? 15? Yeah, 15. Yeah. I started pitching, and that was my first time was a real pitcher, like 100% pitcher. I don't want to think of play outfield, hitting, nothing, just stay focused in my pitching side. What's
1: the best advice you'd give to any kid who wants, wants to do what you do right now in the big leagues? What do you tell them?
7: Stay humble, you know, work hard. Listen to your family, parents, you know, they, they, they push you in the right direction. Um, if you, if you want to keep playing baseball, you know, be humble and, you know, do your best.
1: That's what you do. Thanks a lot for the advice and thanks a lot for being our guest on Rick's Tips. Thank you, man.
5: Okay,